It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday through Friday, your team every single day here during the weekday. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify and all the other places that you listen to this show and all of your favorite shows across the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to follow me on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday, like today, I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions. Did it throughout the season, going to continue to do it throughout the offseason, so make sure to get those questions into me by Thursday so I can answer them on Friday for you each and every week. You can at me at Julian Council or DM me at Julian Council, but make sure to first follow me at Julian Council to get in those questions for me every single week for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. Going to answer those questions here shortly but before then let's talk about Matt Rule's appearance on WFNZ my former employer on Thursday morning with Mac and T-Bone so Chris McLean Travis Hancock Mac and Bone you listen to him the Mac attack do a fantastic job provide comedy big Panther fans big Hornets fans do a great job on Charlotte local radio and he also apparently was on with uh, Nick Wilson and um, Stan Norfleet on the mid- in the midday, which was weird to me. Like, why the hell is Matt Rule going on the radio show twice? But either way, had a lot of good stuff. They had him for 26 minutes on the morning show. And good stuff in terms of just stuff that we can talk about here on the podcast. A few things that stood out to me. And Scott Fitter also spoke to Kyle Bailey in the afternoon. So I'll get into a few things that he said. But just thinking mainly to what Matt Rule had to say when looking at the season as a whole. He was first off asked about whether... His status has ever been told to him that's going to be contingent upon whether he gets that rock star OC. Go back to the Jay Glazer report that came out on Sunday afternoon prior to the 1 o'clock kickoffs. And Matt Rule says that anytime he's ever had a conversation with David Tepper, these are things he said before, that it's always been about the long-term vision, that he knows that they need to be better in controlling the line of scrimmage. They need to solidify the quarterback position and get the staff in order with the four staff hires that they need to make after the departure of their offensive line coach, defensive line coach, special teams coordinator, and, of course, offensive coordinator Joe Brady. He also talked about when he said process. Remember a couple weeks ago when he said the process was working 1,000%? He said the process when he says that, he's frustrated and angry as many as much as, as, much as y'all are out there as well. But what Matt Rule is trying to say is he had a plan that – he put into place when coming to Carolina and that they needed to methodically do certain steps to reach the goals that they had set for themselves when it comes to that plan. That he feels like the roster today is in a better place than it was during the exodus of the 2019 uh, free agency period and offseason. So that's where he stands when it comes to the whole process, that they have a plan in place. It's hard to see what that plan in place is, but they are on track at, in terms of where the roster is. And they know it's going to take time with the young guys that they've taken and put in the situation. And he also talks about, you know, when addressing the offense, and that's one of the big keys going to this offseason, especially the quarterback position again and the offensive line in particular, that he believes that they did at least – 
during the 2020 offseason that they did go out there and try to address the offense by bringing in Teddy Bridgewater, Robbie Anderson, trading for Russell Okun. That sent Trey Turner to the Los Angeles Chargers. He also talked about the defense had to be a priority because so many defensive players like Mario Addison, Vernon Butler, Gerald McCoy, Don Terry Poe, Luke Keekley retired, Bruce Irvin left, James Bradbury, all those guys. It's about eight or nine guys on that defense from 2019 left that offseason. So that's why they spent all seven picks there on the defense. It's been a lot of the capital on the defense in this past offseason here in 2021. Now, here's some other things that kind of frustrated me, though, when listening to Matt Rule. Looking at the offensive line, and I have a hard time believing that Matt Rule knows how to evaluate offensive linemen from what we've seen so far this season. When you look back at the first signings of free agency were Pat Elfline and Cam Irving, who were ranked among the bottom five offensive linemen the past three years, according to Pro Football Focus. Why would those guys be priority free agent signings for the offensive line? I understand offensive versatility that those guys brought, or Irving could play guard if needed. He could play tackle if needed. And Elfline, the same thing. He could play guard or center. And later on in the season, when Matt Paradis went down with the ACL, It helped the team out that he was able to play center, and maybe he fits in there as a long-term center option. I doubt it, but at least he's an option moving forward here in 2022. Now, when looking at the options available in the draft, Mac asked Matt Rule about passing on Rashawn Slater, who's going to the Pro Bowl, who's playing left tackle and and protecting Justin Herbert's blindside there with the Chargers. And he wanted some clarity on why they decided not to have Rashawn Slater or draft him. And Matt Rule said that he did not have the ideal size for a tackle. There was a conversations and questions of whether he's a guard. He also brought up the Jets guard, Elijah Vera Tucker, who had the same questions coming out of USC of whether he's more of a guard or a tackle. And Matt Rule, the Carolina Panthers aren't the only teams that felt that way. Mel Kuyper Jr., I've mentioned this before, had Rashawn Slater more as a guard than he had him as a tackle. But they're all wrong in their evaluation which leads me to have a hard time believing that Matt Rule knows how to evaluate offensive linemen. The same thing goes with Brady Christensen, who he believes is good enough to play left tackle, but if they find someone who they think is a better suited at left tackle, a, a player who they believe could be a 10-year pro and an all-pro eventually at left tackle, then they will go after that player, whether it's the draft or free agency, which is not a bad philosophy to have. But either way, we've talked about the physical traits of Brady Christensen and having short arms, and that's what's been brought up and how they don't believe that he could play that position. But clearly, Brady Christensen has shown to Matt Rule and to a lot of y'all out there that he can, in fact, play the position of left tackle. Matt Rule also brought up just the fact that Slater having opted out was something that gave them pause. Look at the players who've opted out. Micah Parsons, who opted out of Penn State, has had a fantastic year in Dallas, going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Look at Jamar Chase, who opted out from LSU. He's going to be the offensive rookie of the year. And then, again, Rashawn Slater. Like, three guys going to the Pro Bowl who all opted out, who were surefire first-round picks. At least Chase and Parsons were, even had they they played or not played college football back in 2020. So there's kind of a question of, really, can they even evaluate offensive linemen, which kind of makes it hard to believe that they're going to fix this come this offseason. Now, a few other things, and of course, quarterback decisions and plans and what exactly was going on. Uh, Mac was asking Matt, Matt Rules, like, look at the guys that you brought in, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold. No one would really think that those guys are going to be long-term options. Now, there's fans who talk themselves into believing that Sam Darnold could be the right guy, get out of New York, get rid of Adam Gase, and then he could be liberated, which obviously has not been the case so far here in Carolina. Now, Matt Rules said that when they came here, that they wanted to find a veteran to stabilize position, like a Teddy Bridgewater, and then down the road, if they found a younger player who they thought could be the franchise, they would draft that guy. 
He did the same comparison to what happened in Kansas City, where they had Alex Smith. They were a playoff team, but they felt that eventually to get over the top, they needed to draft a quarterback. That quarterback was Patrick Mahomes, and we saw what happened with Patrick Mahomes and where the Kansas City Chiefs are right now as one of the top teams in the NFL year in and year out because they have one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the National Football League. That was the plan. Bring in Bridgewater. Be patient. If that rookie emerges, draft him. But instead, he got hijacked by the owner, David Tepper, who said, get me a new quarterback. They struck out on Matthew Stafford, Watson, and some other guys that they were looking at. They end up looking at the evaluation of Sam Darnold, who's a young player, and Justin Fields and Mac Jones, and decide that the guy that they liked the most out of those three was Sam Darnold, despite the fact that they had to make a decision on May May 1st to pick up his fifth-year option. they rather have had Sam Darnold, thought he was a better player for them, than Justin Fields or Mac Jones, who they got to see up close and personal as he was on their team at the Senior Bowl Mobile last season. That's where they landed on Darnold, which was a mistake, obviously. And Matt Rule went out and said, I can't sit here and tell you guys that I feel like we made a mistake by bringing in this player because I can't go look J.C. Horn in the face and be like, hey, I believe in you, but I feel like we made a mistake. We should have taken Rashawn Slater, which certainly makes a lot of sense to me. And a lot of the things that were said, like the, the Slater thing and the quarterback decision upset a lot of fans. And honestly, at this point in time, Panther fans are just looking for something to be mad about instead of just moving on. And it seems like Matt Rule's going to stay. By all accounts, he's looking for an OC. I know the Jay Glazer report, but everyone else who's reported has said nationally, locally, that Matt Rule's coming back for a third year. So at some point in time, you just got to either accept it or I guess don't, but maybe you know find a healthier outlet to be upset about. And I bring it up because Matt Rule also talked about you know, hearing the boos and hearing the chance for him to get fired. And his son, Bryant's on the sideline as a ball boy. And he was telling him after one of those games, I forget what game it was made. I think the Falcons game, just about how the chance are going on and how that's affecting him. And the same thing, how it's affecting his kids. Like they go to, they can't go to Hornets games anymore. He told his son, he can't go to a Hornets game anymore because people want him fired. Now people want him out of this town, which kind of like, come on, man. Like nobody should feel that way. No matter what their profession is, that they can't, take their family out to watch a game. Same thing happened in Chicago with Matt Nagy, where he couldn't even go see his kid play high school basketball because so many people were upset about the state of the Chicago Bears. And he had taken the Bears to the playoffs twice. Now, a lot of context, situation there wasn't great, but coaches should be able to live their lives. And Matt Rule mentioned that, hey, I signed up for this. I understand it, but I feel bad. And I feel bad for his family, too. Like, dad's going to make plenty of money, but it's not just his family that's going to be affected if he gets fired. There's a lot of people who make less money than Matt Rule who are a part of this organization that will have to find new jobs if things don't work out here in Carolina. So those were some of the things that stood out to me there from Matt Rule. Also, when it came to Scott Fitter, looking at the defense, I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the offensive line and quarterback, what they can do there. He says that they do have to find someone else in court, at quarterback. They can't just bring in Sam Darnold next year. There's going to have to be some sort of competition or at least an upgrade there, hopefully, and that they're going to need to be creative when it comes to signing a player, whether it's giving bonus money um, at beforehand and then deferring money into the future when it comes to the cap situation as they have about $28 million to play with. And, of course, Sam Darnold has that $18.9 million cap hit. But also looking at defense, he said that they need to be more physical when it comes to stopping the run. And they need that edge player who's about 285 who can be really good against the run. So look out for that when it comes to a defensive end uh, this this upcoming offseason or this upcoming free agency period. They also bring up the need a middle linebacker and looking for safety. So there's a couple positions that Scott Fitter believes that the Carolina Panthers need to go out there and address this upcoming offseason, whether it's in free agency or via the draft. So there's some things that stood out to me. 
as it pertained to Matt Rule's appearance on WFNZ and also Scott Fitterer's appearance on WFNZ on Thursday morning and Thursday afternoon. All right, going to take a quick pause here and then on the other side, going to get into your weekly Friday mailbag questions right here on Locked On Panthers. Panther fans, we're all looking for an edge these days, and I'd like to thank OnlineGambling.com for sponsoring today's podcast. If you don't know already, OnlineGambling.com is a website dedicated to giving bettors the edge throughout the playoffs to providing you with the best NFL tips, news, and more to help make your bets as informed as ever. The experts at OnlineGambling.com have set me the challenge of putting my own knowledge to the test and coming up my early Super Bowl predictions to see how much of an expert I really am. As I've felt all season long, I think the LA Rams will be your Super Bowl champions and will take down the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be keeping a close eye on the predictions as the playoffs continue. If you're planning on placing a bet during the playoffs, make sure to head to OnlineGambling.com before you do. OnlineGambling.com gives bettors the edge by providing the best and most trusted experience online all day, every day. That includes their OG tip section where you'll find their own Super Bowl picks as well as the inside track on how to beat the odds throughout the NFL playoffs. Make sure to visit OnlineGambling.com slash NFL for all the latest gambling news, tips, and info to beat the odds and give you the edge throughout the playoffs. Remember, that's OnlineGambling.com slash NFL to make the most of this year's playoffs. Hey, Panther fans, this is Julian Council of an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back by using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get the 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN. All right, let's get into it. Your weekly Friday mailbag questions. We'll start off with Levi, who simply asks, where do we go from here? Well, it's quite simple, the Carolina Panthers, at the very least, know what they need to do. Matt Rule talked about it. They need to control the line of scrimmage. And Scott Fitter echoed that, saying that not just on the offensive line, but also on the defensive line, where they struggle to stop the run. And they need to find that physical presence on the edge who can help them out there. So that will be one of the priorities. Also, linebacker, finding another middle linebacker next to Shaq Thompson, as Jermaine Carter Jr. proved to not be a viable starter in the National Football League at that position, would have loved the captain Denzel Perryman or at least gotten something more for him when they traded him to the Las Vegas Raiders. We also didn't know Denzel Perryman was going to be that good and be a pro bowler, but it turned out to be a pretty good signing. Just unfortunately, things didn't work out. He got injured, and you wonder, had he not gotten injured and would have been healthy throughout training camp if the Carolina Panthers would have had him on that roster, which would have helped out what was already the number two defense in the league and maybe would have been better against the run and help them win a few more games. I don't know. Um, also, you know, they know they need to solidify the quarterback position. They want to give Sam Darnold at least more help if he's going to have any sort of opportunity to compete for the job next year. We will see, but they have to bring somebody else in. Does Jimmy Garoppolo become an option um, for the Carolina Panthers? And can they afford Jimmy Garoppolo with the cap situation? What happens with Kirk Cousins as the Minnesota Vikings have fired both their general manager, Rick Spielman, and their head coach, Mike Zimmer, who basically hitch their wagon to Kirk Cousins, who has all that guaranteed money. Does a reclamation project like a Mitch Trubisky make sense? Do they go out and try and get Tyler Huntley, who impressed the last couple weeks while Lamar Jackson was out for the Baltimore Ravens? Or do they go out and draft a quarterback in the draft? They're going to have to do something at quarterback, of course. But the first thing they got to do is hire guys on the staff 
particularly offensive coordinator. That's the first box they got to check. Then they got to find a special teams coordinator, a defensive line coach, and an offensive line coach to help coach up those position and skill position groups this year, or at least next season in Carolina. So that's really where we go from here in terms of the Carolina Panthers. Um, now to Tanner, who says, how do we start Menchu or we riot? What do you think that market for him would be? Now, I don't know what Gardner Minshew's uh, contract situation is right now as he's playing for the Philadelphia Eagles, who have three quarterbacks, and they're in the playoffs. And that's one of the things that the Eagles have already, always liked to do is have multiple guys there. A quarterback worked out, as we saw with Nick Foles helping them win a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. And Chicago also has three quarterbacks right now. So looking at Minshew's contract, he signed a four-year deal for $2.7 million, and he's not a free agent until next offseason. So you'd have to trade for Gardner Minshew. Here's the thing. The Carolina Panthers are in search of a quarterback who can help them win a Super Bowl. Is that Gardner Minshew? No. So we do not need to start a Minshew or we riot chant or movement or anything like that. Um, but hey, if you want to do that, Tanner, by all means. Um, I, I love the watching Gardner Minshew back at Washington State. Looked pretty good uh, period of time there in Jacksonville. But he's just not going to be that starting franchise quarterback in the National Football League. And he would be a solid backup option. But they already have a backup option in Sam Darnold, who's going to cost him $18.858 million in 2022. So no thanks. Uh, all right, Tony. Would you trade Christian McCaffrey for a good O-lineman, draft or current player, go into next year with three potential solid linemen, assuming they draft one with the current pick? So you trade Christian McCaffrey, you get a good offensive lineman, and then you have Moten. I assume you're talking about Brady Christensen as your other good offensive lineman and the guy you traded for. And But then you don't have one of the best players in the National Football League in Christian McCaffrey, who also you haven't had for 23 of the last 33 games here in Carolina since Matt Rule took over. I don't want to trade Christian McCaffrey. I made it known the other day, I think it was Wednesday's show, that I still believe Christian McCaffrey has a lot of good years left in him, that I think it was more bad luck than anything. That his workout regimen and all that, his health, I, it's just he takes care of his body. I just think it's unfortunate what happens. It's also a product of position, and the Carolina Panthers have invested in the position in terms of McCaffrey, obviously, with the backups and Chuba Hubbard and also Amir Abdullah, who I'd love to see come back. If they can have those guys available for the times where McCaffrey's out, then that'd be great. But also hoping that Chris McCaffrey can be healthy moving forward, and I think that he will be healthy, hopefully, moving forward. Fingers crossed. Um, Brody says, if you could trade CMC for a second rounder and Robbie Anderson for a second rounder, I'm not trading Christian McCaffrey for a second rounder. Because like, the thing, if Christian McCaffrey goes somewhere else and he balls out and stay health, stays healthy, you should have had a first-round pick. That guy's worth a first-rounder. I don't care what's gone on health-wise the last two years. It hasn't been an ACL. It hasn't been an Achilles or anything like that that could really hinder a guy's career moving forward. It's just been some of these other injuries that happen to everybody who plays football but especially guys who play running back. But uh, to continue your question, okay, so if you could trade CMC for a second rounder, Robbie for a second rounder, I mean, like Robbie Anderson has the same trade value as Christian McCaffrey. That's absurd to me. Go quarterback in the first round, followed by two alignment in the second round. Use Gilmore's comp pick on a center in the third. What would that become a successful outcome? Um, well, Gilmore's comp pick, if he leaves, will not be until the 2023 draft. So that will not help you for 2022 at all. Um, But... I mean, a center in the third round. If you want to get a center, go get Linderbaum in the first round at six overall. If they're going to do that, no, I don't like. No, I'm not a fan. I, there's no first round quarterback who I think is who Carolina should be targeting. 
Um, and Scott, we were talking about having the balance of, you know, the value and like where the value is in the, in the draft this year, if they want to take a great player at six and elite player at six, or if they want to trade back and go get someone for the value pick. And he's one of those guys who believes that a certain point in the first round, basically those players are all the same, but top 10 at number six overall is not, um, where I think he kind of stands philosophically. I, no, I'm not a fan of that at all. Uh, so Thanks for the question, though. All right, going to take another quick pause, and then after that, answer the rest of your mailbag questions here on a Friday. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as the NFL playoffs get started tomorrow afternoon. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action in 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. From the NFL, college basketball, the NBA, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. BetOnline is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours are about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it all the time, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it gets just so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, you're in luck. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Bilt Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to your average candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And Bilt Bar is the no-brainer healthiest choice for you here in 2022. Even if you're not a huge fan of working out, you can at least eat something that tastes good and is good for you. That way, when you're enjoying a delicious Bilt Bar, you can almost count it as a workout. And there's so many great flavors out there when it comes to Bilt Bar. You can choose from coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built Bar is always coming out new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what they have. Go to Built.com right now and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, a couple more questions here on a Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked on Panthers. All right, uh, Alex says, it's almost your favorite time of the year, draft season, which if you guys listen to the show, I absolutely hate the NFL draft and all the talk that surrounds it. Um, is there a quarterback that you think is worth a six pick? Uh, basically, just answer that, no. If Evan Neal is available at six, should the Panthers trade back in what should be a deep O-line class? I don't... Yeah, quarterback, like Pickett, there's going to be a ton to talk about him. Fitter was actually asked about him on Monday afternoon, and he said he went to the game here in Charlotte when they played Wake Forest in the ACC Championship, helped them win. Of course, the main takeaway was the fake slide, and they changed the rule immediately because people had such an issue with that for whatever reason. Um, but no, Kenny Pickett stunk for three years and then played well his final year at Pitt. I'm not interested at all. I like Matt Corral. Just don't really know if Matt Corral is all that great. like Sam Howell. Holds on to the football too long. And I am not necessarily a huge believer in Sam Howell as a pro. I hope it works out. I watched the guy I, every snap he played for the last three years. I, I just I love Sam Howell as a college player. I, I just don't know. Malik Willis didn't really watch him play at all this past year. He kind of didn't play as great because he lost a couple NFL players on offense. So no, there's not really an NFL, there's not a guy out there in college I really love 
coming out in this class. And, and Scott Fitterer said this is a, it's a good class. This is not a great class, which, okay. But as far as a six pick, I think I'm going to be – I've always been like, let's get a tackle. I think uh, Brady Christensen, I think, has shown enough to where he's at. And I also want to see what happens when it comes to the uh, free agency because that will set up where, what they do in the draft. Remember, we'll always remember that. Free agency allows him to – be in situations like last year where they can go best player available there at eight, even if you think they should have taken the quarterback there. They got the guy on the top of the draft board, J.C. Horn. I would rather have a center at six than a tackle, knowing that you already got Moten. Christensen absolutely could be an option at left tackle, and they might be able to find another one in free agency. But I think Christensen's that guy. I would rather take a center and have that situation figured out for the next 10-plus years. Because as we've seen when it comes to free agency and trying to find a center like Matt Paradis – doesn't always work out great. Centers just don't become available. That's such a vitally important position in a National Football League that I don't want to give up a center. or I don't want to have to try and focus on finding that guy later on in the draft or in free agency because that already has not worked out before. We've also seen with tackle. That has not worked out before in the past when they went out and traded, and, and not traded for, but uh, signed a guy like Matt Khalil in free, in free agency. So I'd rather get my center through the draft considering that last year they already got – their left tackle in the draft, and then you also draft a potential guard, Deontay Brown, and then maybe you can sign another guard who's actually going to be good for you and maybe roll, and then you have your center. So you got you could have maybe a Linderbaum. You got a uh, Moten and Christensen bookending it at tackle. You got Deontay Brown in there, and then you go find a new guard. Then you got Elfline and Irving as depth. And I like that situation for the Carolina Panthers is that's how things work out. And also Michael Jordan, I guess, would be depth too. So would be a good situation potentially for Carolina if they're able to find the right guys. Okay, uh, let's do this. Eric, with the sixth pick, would you prefer to take the top lineman or try to make a trade back to maybe the Eagles for the 15th and 16th picks? Just try and recoup picks. I would like to recoup picks if that's what the uh, if that's what happens. Um, but yeah, if Neil's there, like Alex asked, be hard to pass on him, especially if Matt rule, like you said, if he believes that that guy can be, um, your long-term option and would be a better situational pick for them at left tackle than Brady Christians. And then you move Brady inside. I'd be dope. I'd be cool with that. I would also be cool with trading back. If that means that they can get multiple players in the first round and maybe even be able to pick up, uh, picks in the second round and third round, which they don't have right now. That might be the most prudent thing for the Carolina Panthers to do is try to get as many picks as possible. As we saw last year, Scott Fitterer, with all the trade backs, wanted as many bites at the apple as possible. And the more guys you bring in, the higher chance that you have at hitting on them. The less guys you bring in, the lower chance you have on hitting all of them. So, yeah, I wouldn't be against that at all. Um, final question here from Blake. He said, hey, Julian, are you are we now the Locked On and Michigan Panthers podcast? I didn't know there was another minor league coming up in the USFL. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're going to try spring football again because people are totally interested in that. It is good, at least for the players developmentally. Like there should be a developmental league out there, whether it be the XFL, like they had NFL Europe before or USFL or what was it, the AAF. Folks aren't going to really watch it. And I'm not really a TV ratings guy and I'm not going to talk about these things ever because I don't care what's going on in the spring leagues. I watch basketball in the spring and baseball in the spring. There's, I, whatever season is, that's the sport I'm watching. I ain't watching football in, in April. Um, okay, unless it's spring football in college. But, uh, okay, so 
with this question is my real question is, will we see consistent tight end play again under Matt rule? I feel like that's one of the weakest points of our play calling. The tight end is just not a part of the pass game right now. It wasn't under Joe Brady. Now we did see back at LSU that they've used them. We've seen back in New Orleans that they've used a tight end before in the past, the Carolina Panthers just didn't have a tight end on the roster. That was going to be that pass catching tight end. They did. And Dan Arnold, but they traded him for CJ Henderson. We'll see what they do. Tommy Trimble has potential to be someone who can be a pass-catching tight end and playmaker for them later on during his career. We'll see with that. Ian Thomas is pretty much who he is at this point in time. Maybe. It also depends on who the offensive coordinator is and philosophically what they value in terms of the tight end, whether they want the tight end to be a part of the passing game or if they just think the tight ends really need to be a part of the run game. And as Rules mentioned, he wants to be a run team. If he's going to be a run team, then... It seems unlikely the tight end is going to be a huge part of the passing game here in Carolina moving forward. And here's the thing. McCaffrey's healthy. DJ's back out there playing well. Robbie bounces back and you get a third wide receiver and Terrace Marshall. Tight end's not going to really matter all that much. The lack of a third receiver and the regression of Robbie Anderson and no Christian McCaffrey made it even glaring of a more glaring issue for the Carolina Panthers this past season, in my opinion. All right, that's all the questions we have here this week on Locked on Panthers for this edition of the weekly Friday mailbag. Again, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Check us out on Spotify and all the other great places you can listen to this show and all your favorite shows across the network. And be sure to follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where every Friday, like today, I answer weekly Friday mailbag questions. So either at me or DM me at Julian Council with those questions that you have for me as they pertain to your Carolina Panthers. In the meantime, stay safe. Have a great weekend. It might snow apparently on Sunday, so... Stay off the roads, especially if you can't drive in snow. And if you can, be careful. Until then, I'll talk to you all on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.